0: Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. First, I wanted to start this episode with reminding you guys that we're currently doing a survey And I'm very interested to see what are some of the topics that you guys as our listeners want to learn more about. I was looking at our statistic and noticed that some of the episodes are very well received and some of them people are not interested in it as much. That's why I wanted to make sure that I'm choosing the topics that are interesting to you as our listeners. If you have any specific question that you wanna ask me, and if you wanna get featured in the podcast, you can email me those questions to drmaali at sexologypodcast.com, or you can uh, record your voice at sexologypodcast.com with your question. If you don't want me to disclose your identity, I would be happy to do so with changing the details. Our topic today is about sex and Alzheimer's. So many of you guys might remember my interview with Dr. Steve Podansky. He was on our show about six months ago and he talked about the techniques that he developed with his wife, Vera, about reaching extended massive orgasm. So these are the kind of orgasms that last for hours. And he and his wife used to do lots of demonstrations and coaching to women to help them achieve this extended massive orgasm. So when I initially contacted Dr. Podansky, I invited Vera and Steve both on the show. And Steve shared with me that uh, Vera currently is struggling with Alzheimer's disease and uh, she's not doing any interviews. And while we were doing their first interview, it was so heartwarming to see that how much love and care Steve have for Vera and I was I was seeing her she was sitting next to him and you can also hear her in this episode so Steve it seemed like with her almost at all the times and the amount of love and care he has for her is very inspirational and very different than what you See in couples that when things get hard, they kind of give up at times on each other. And one of the things that Steve shared with me previously was that they continue to have this wonderful sex life, which this is not the topic that many people talk about. And I know some of you guys might have conflicting emotions about it. So if this is something that's kind of causing a reaction, you can certainly skipped this episode, but I think Dr. Botansky talked about lots of good information about how their sexual relationship changed, how uh, Vera still continued to enjoy sex. And so I think this is a very good episode. You might hear again Vera on the background. So there are going to be some noises and voices in the background. It's just because they have, it seems like I care for Vera at all the time and she's there and she was there as far as Dr. Podanski's biography, he was with his wife for more than I think four decades. So Dr. Sue Podansky and Vera have been teachers of sensuality for the past 35 years. They met in 1980 and were married in 1983. Steve received a master's in molecular biology at Sony and Albany in 1975 and doctorate at Moore University in sensuality in 1992 with an emphasis on female orgasm. He first studied and then taught at Moore University through 1992. Vera started doing one-hour orgasm demonstrations in 1980 and also received her doctorate in sensual studies in 1992. Steve became certified to do these demonstrations in 1987. They developed another orgasm school in 1992 after leaving Morehouse called the Welcome Census, where they taught for five years and certified five new students into becoming teachers and demonstrators of orgasms. Without further ado, here's my interview with Dr. Steve Bodansky. Welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am very excited and honored to have Dr. Steve Bodansky back on our show today. Dr. Steve, welcome to our show. Thank you, Nazanin.
1: I feel very welcome.
0: Oh thank you it's great and i know before we started recording i was sharing with you that i know that you have a good new book and i'm very excited to talk about it and i know that this is a very interesting topic since part of it it relates to your own personal history and relationship with your wife
1: yes um that's what it's about it's about both of us really it's about how we relate and what's changed and what what hasn't changed and, and what the emotions I went through and how she responds to me.
0: And I think it's fantastic because I'm very passionate about this topic because we have family history of Alzheimer's. And I remember that when my, my, my grandmother was struggling with it and toward then how challenging it was. And I know it's hard. For the caregivers as well. And I know you don't like that term. (laughs) You said it in the book, but I think I think it's okay for
1: other people, just not for me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: so i was looking at the list of the publications you and vera had and you guys worked together as sex educators for years and you had this kind of live demonstrations of orgasms and you you wrote extensively on extended massive orgasm so this is something that it seems like you guys shared more than like 40 years, it sounds like it, together. And I would imagine this getting this diagnosis changed few things as far as the intimacy, as far as how you relate to each other. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the changes that you noticed in these areas?
1: Okay, well, well it's, you know, it's kind of gradual. I mean, it wasn't like overnight. And, um, you know, we realized Vera was losing her memory and she had – Some form of dementia. And I didn't want to take her to a neurologist. Actually, I talked to her doctor over 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. I said, you know, she doesn't remember things a lot. And she said, oh, that's just old age. So I said, okay. But I I knew it was more than just old age. But then, um, you know, I got gradually more and more, she wouldn't remember things. So we finally took her to a neurologist. And and it wasn't a surprise. So it wasn't like the diagnosis. Sure hit you. It was kind of a gradual thing. And, and the, the neurologist was nice, but she, didn't, she wasn't very helpful. She gave us a couple of pills, but she said they don't do very much. And they didn't. So um, I mean, we continued doing sessions with our students. And I would do pretty much all the talking. And Vera would chip, chip in once in a while, but she, not, not too much. And then, you know, past three so years now, she doesn't really want to do the sessions anymore. So I do them by myself. And once in a while she'll like she'll just watch she'll I ask I usually ask if you want you want to get done first, but you'll do a little demonstration. And usually she'll so say, No, you go ahead. So we go to the bedroom. And once in a while she's she um really wants to participate and she does a really good she still really gets off really well and she'll do a little demonstration for the student and they all love her.
0: That is so fantastic. So you still include her. And I know you guys, the sessions you're talking about, is it the orgasm demonstration that you guys have and have been teaching for years? That, is that what you're referring to?
1: Well, it's, you know, it's, more, I mean, it, it's a private session. It's not a big class. It's a private session for like one, one student or one woman or a couple. We teach the woman how to get off better and how to have more pleasure and how to feel and how to, how to extend her orgasm and, and make it more intense. And so Vera usually will just say, "You go ahead and do it." She'll she'll be there when I talk to the woman. But when I, when we want when I go to the bedroom to uh, use my hands on her, then Vera will leave us alone. But sometimes she'll want to join in. I, I always invite her to come in. And sometimes she'll just fall asleep on the couch here and not go in the room. And sometimes she'll come along and participate. And it's it's always nice to have her. And, but she's she's pretty cool about it.
0: I um, have nothing. Nothing. Is- it's so great, yeah, that you guys are keep doing what you used to do, I know it was part of the teachings that you guys were doing and the classes that you were teaching,
1: I just mention this we used to do like a one hour orgasm demonstration I think that's what you're talking about, right, we have a video of that also for sale on our website, but Vera doesn't do get off for an hour anymore, but we still she still gets off couple times a week, I'd say, on average, sometimes more, sometimes once a week, sometimes three times. And she gets off about 10, 15 minutes. And it's, it's probably not, I mean, I, it wouldn't be like, you know, the old days when she got off like, you know, like gangbusters, but it's still really good, better than you're at. You know, anybody else, practically.
0: <laughs> Definitely more than average that I hear from my lo- younger clients, like right. in their 20s. And I think that's fantastic that she still has this kind of vibrant sex life. It seems like certainly declined compared to where she was, but it seems like very much right now it's very present.
1: Yeah. And, and like, as far as like seducing her, I mean, I used to, it was always pretty much, she didn't really say, okay, like I want to get done now. Cause I was pretty much offering a lot. So she would have to have to reject me sometimes because it's too much what I wanted, not just to pleasure her. And, uh, so now it's pretty much the same way. I mean, except now what like so she'll forget, I can ask her and she'll say no, or maybe later or not now. But if I ask her, she'll forget that I asked her before. So I can keep asking her, you know, until she says yes. So it's kind of easier in some ways. <laughs>
0: That's, that's a wonderful reframing. And I guess the other question I have, I know people are in different kind of stages with Alzheimer's. Does she remember you? Where is she in her diagnosis?
1: Sometimes she remembers. I mean, she knows like I'm this guy who's really nice to her. And she she likes, I'll like do something nice for her. And she says, you take care, such good care of me. You're so nice to me. But she doesn't know like I'm her husband or my name always. But sometimes she does. And, and I also, I, I write these books poems to her like on these pretty cards that we you know get get at these special stores and I give to her like for an anniversary or for a birthday or Valentine's Day. So we have them all over the house, these these pretty Aww. cards. And she opens them up and says, she says, look at this. I said yeah. She said you ever seen this before? And I say, yeah, I, I gave that to you. You see Steve on the bottom it says love Steve. Love always. And she's oh that's so nice. I really love these cards. Aww. So they're like the, the, the president that keeps on giving because she just appreciates them all the time.
0: That's wonderful that you guys have this reminder of the past and it's something that you guys shared and continue to share, which is so lovely.
1: There's also this, in our bedroom, we have this black and white photograph that a woman, actually she was a photographer for, I think French Marie Claire magazine. And we blew it up and put it in a, in a frame and a, and it's before our TV, and it's like I think it's right after the demonstration that we did. And were wearing a robe, and I'm, I'm kissing her, and she always sees that, and that reminds her that this is her room and this is her place. And she says, "Look at that! There I am up there."
0: Aww.
1: Yeah, and you're kissing me. and She's yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That is so wonderful. I know when they talk about the reminders, but these things like for helping enhancing memory and kind of helping navigating things, but just so wonderful that you guys have this kind of added romantic kind of sexual twist to these reminders.
1: Yeah. So um, we have these pictures all all over the house, a lot of photographs of us together. And she sees herself. Sometimes she doesn't recognize me because I might have darker hair in the, in the photographs because I'm 20, 30 years younger. Or fifteen years younger, even. I said, "That's me. That's me. You're kissing." <laughs> but she said, kind of smiles.
0: <laughs> How is her personality changed? Did you notice significant change in the personality, or is she still most of the time herself?
1: No, her personality's pretty much the same. I mean, she's still stubborn about some things, and she's probably sweeter than ever. But she's always a really sweet woman—not sweet, but nice. She's a, a nice person. And generous, and you know, willing to share everything, and you know, we, we'll go out sometimes. And she's, she said, "I want to pay for it too." And I said, "It's okay, you know, it's coming from our bank. We both pay. We're both paying for this, so don't to worry about it." She's always willing, and <clears throat> she's always like that, and she hasn't changed really.
0: That is so wonderful that you guys still like and do lots of things together, and still she has that generosity that you mentioned that she used to have. I guess it's. I can imagine, again, talking about it from my family history, there comes with tremendous amount of feeling of loss for the partner. So I guess, how are you coping with all these changes?
1: Well, I think writing the book really helped me because I kind of confronted, you know, all my my thoughts and fears and exposed them and wrote about them. And once you do that, it kind of alleviates a lot of the the scariness of it. Plus, I've been reading a lot of spiritual books like, what's his name, Eckhart Tolle books, The Power mm-hmm. of Now. And you realize it's just your ego that's not in agreement with the way things are. And once you get into agreement, then things are really beautiful just, you know, without being the way you think they should be, you know, just by accepting things the way they are. And and that really enables me to be a better care lover, you know, without not being upset and not being not saying why did this happen to me, you know, you know, feeling you know like a martyr or you know like I, I'm really enjoying the growth that I've made through through her. So it's kind of interesting that I I've become a better person and probably more loving and more accepting and more present.
0: That is so fantastic. Again, it's just standing truly by your partner throughout all the ups and downs and being truly present for her. It seems like you include her as much as she was included in the past and activities and the things that you guys were sharing together as much as possible. I guess one question that I have, I mean, I bet while you were doing the, uh, writing the book, maybe you did some research on that. Obviously, with Verani, you guys have such a unique bond, and you guys had this kind of history of teaching and having these demonstrations and all of that. But one of the things that often comes up is the issue of consent, and like when people have memory problems, what is your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I mean, I don't force her to do anything. I, I, I usually, or sometimes I'll just, I you know, usually I'll, I'll offer, you know, you want to have an orgasm, you want to get done. And sometimes she doesn't really understand what I'm talking about. No, you know, and then I'll say, take your pants off, and either she will or she won't. Usually, she will. So will say, okay. And like yesterday, she she took her pants off, but she didn't want to take her panties off. Mm. So I said, you know, I can I can I can live with that. So I kind of got out of the bed, and she had a pant I took my my pants off, and she took her pants off, but not her panties. And I, I rubbed on her through her panties, and she and she got off really nicely. It was like it was fun. She enjoyed it, and she didn't take her panties off the whole time. And then, and then I did myself, and she kind of played with me also. And, and she gets off when I get off, so we both got off when I got off too. So
0: that is so great. Again, I'm just at awe of how how continuously you, you guys being in part of each other's life and also having the sexuality as still part of your life that's very present. Because again, it's unfortunate sometimes I I hear people stop having sex, even like much younger in their 40s or late 40s. And it's just, I think it's such an important part of life and pleasure. I think it's helpful for all ages and all stages.
1: She'll be 83 in November. So she's, she's really in pretty good sexual shape. I, I was thinking like a couple of weeks ago, we were lying in bed and she had a she took her pants. Usually she likes to sleep you know, either in pajama bottoms or she keeps her pants on from the day and just goes to sleep like that. But this time she took her clothes off and I put my hand on her thigh lying in bed to turn the lights off, stop watching the TVs off. And I just put my hand kind of medium pressure on her thigh and just felt her legs. I, I, I love her legs and she starts getting off like gangbusters. And I'm not rubbing or anything. She's just getting off and I've been touching her genitals close to her genitals. or not, not on there. And she's like really getting off. So it lasted for probably five to 10 minutes like that. And then she had enough and she went to sleep. And the next time we, we had a date where I, you know, I said, you, you want to have a date and we got on bed and she got, she got undressed and I put my hands on her thigh to see if I could duplicate that. no nope, nope. Nothing happened when I did that. I mean, it felt good, but she wasn't getting off. So I started playing with her genitals and then she started getting off. So I had to work a little harder that time.
0: And I think it's, I think, blessing that she has been, I know, again, you guys had this kind of model of extensive, massive orgasm and like having this like wonderful sex life earlier. So it definitely helps right now than still like helping her to continue and enjoy pleasure and it seems like you really value her still enjoying and having sexual pleasure in her life
1: for sure yeah and I th- that's why I think it's really important for younger women to uh, I mean, not the only reason I mean it, but to really learn how to have pleasure at will and and how to get off really well I think it's really important for a lot of things and it and it's definitely helping very get, get along with this you know this whatever you want to call it this challenge
0: <laughs> and what has it been like have you what have what kind of a uh, feedback have you been getting about for your book because i know it's recently been published what are some of the uh, feedback that you got from public
1: uh, i'm not getting a ton of feedback a lot of people say i'm going to get it but I, I don't know how many people really have read it yet but you know some people really really liked it and like christiane norther I don't know if you know who she is. She's, she's written a number of books about women and menopause and women's bodies. Mm-hmm. So I gave her the book to read before I published it, and she loved it. She was inspired by it. She she said, "I bow down to it. this. is wonderful." So she really, she really, really liked it.
0: And again, it's just such a fantastic kind of writing, I know you you are a writer, but also kind of the tale of continuously being part of someone's life and helping her to still experience pleasure and being truly showing up for your partner.
1: Yeah. And I also I've been right, like, the book kind of ends around two thousand seventeen, even though I, I updated it somewhat, but I, I continue to journal about our relationship, which is the last part of the book anyhow. So I keep that on my website. So I've been putting blogs kind of every week. Every, I still haven't caught up to, to the present date, but I'm somewhere a little less than a year ago now on the website. So you can follow. And, and a lot of people come see Vera and they say she's doing better than, she's doing better than she was a couple of years ago, which is unusual.
0: I think that is so great. And the amount of love and care and the wonderful relationship that you guys are having, I would imagine if that would contribute to her doing better.
1: Well, we, I don't know, because we, we've always had that. I don't know. There could be a couple of different reasons. I've been giving her, I read another book called The End of Alzheimer's by Dr. Bredesen, and they added a couple of the supplements that he recommended. Our diet has been pretty, pretty pro health I would say for a number of years but I think it got even better after I had an illness where I had a lung abscess and then I got some reflux so I kind of had more GERD friendly diet I think that's helped Vera too.
0: No and I think you're right you've been having this like a loving relationship for about like 40 years but I think many people it's so challenging to care for someone that's struggling with Alzheimer's and they and again, I see it in my clients that they kind of want to, it's hard, they tire, they cannot truly show up for the partner, but it seems like you're doing the best. And I think that's a lot.
1: Well, luckily I don't have to go to work. I have time. So it's, it's what I do. So I'm, I'm, I do some writing and I do some reading, but like, they're just like, we take walks like two or three times a day. We stay active and we do everything together pretty much. Sometimes she'll take a, she'll sleep in in the morning and I get to do a couple hours of writing or take a little walk by myself. Most of the time, most of the rest of the day when she's up, I'm with her and she's with me. And we're in the same room and, and we do a lot of hand holding, like we'll hold each other's hand in bed or when we walk, we I hold her hand and we kiss a lot. So, like, we walk around town and we have these different places around town where like there's a couple of fountains or a bridge and like we have to kiss in those places it's like (laughs) part of our our routine
0: that is so awesome
1: you know we hit the fountain oh yeah we have to kiss now so we have so we have kind of fun we walk around town and people are really nice to us and they say oh you guys are you guys are matched today oh yeah and then um we kiss at home or if we get in the elevator i always press her up against the wall and kiss her and she really turns me on and really gets turned on when I do that And as little orgasms in the elevator. That is so, so
0: wonderful. Yes. That having these rituals and doing this fun things during the day that you're truly connecting with her. So I guess I'm kind of curious, do you have any, again, it's it's not usually people who are like providing for their, like taking care of their partners who are struggling with having the diagnosis of Alzheimer's, they not. They usually don't have the same kind of relationship at least based on the experiences I have. So do you have any recommendation for our listeners that their partner, their husband's wife, boyfriend, girlfriends, they ha- struggle with Alzheimer's? What are some of your recommendations for them when it comes through around intimacy, connection, and keeping the love going? Well, I, I, think,
1: I think being present and appreciating the moment is always a good place to start. You know, and not and not being angry or you know, having or fear or worries, and just being in the moment and putting your attention on the other person. And again, when you touch somebody, touch for your own pleasure and kiss for your own pleasure when you kiss somebody. Like we we hug a lot and you know, it's just enjoyable just to because like words. Don't work so well anymore. Like when trying to communicate by words doesn't always work. But if I say, "Give me a hug," and Vera loves, likes hugging me, we just will get stand up and hug each other for you know a while, and that feels really good. And it's like a connection there. And then when she does have an orgasm, like when when I do rub on her pussy, she she it kind of wakens up. I think for a while some I don't know her memory, but her Her present being present and her happiness, and she feels happy. And when we'll have dinner or something afterwards, and she'll really like the food more. I mean, I think think anybody's like that, but it's the same way, you know, with Alzheimer's or dementia,
0: right? Kind of awakening that part of us that's like seeking pleasure and experiencing pleasure and orgasm. I think uh, for everyone is very healthy, and I think especially in when you're trying to connect with someone and like, when things are challenging, that also is very important.
1: And, and not to, so if you, and if you want to give somebody an orgasm and then it's not that, not that intense, or just enjoy what, what you, where the person is at, you know? Absolutely. Like, don't try to force them to do anything, just kind of play, play with them and, and enjoy, you know, you know, cause some of the stuff doesn't make sense sometimes, but if you, you just can go with it and just see where it goes.
0: That is so wonderful. I bet many of our listeners right now, then they're curious about where they can get the book (laughs) and where can they find the writing that you said, the diaries and all of that. So if our listeners wanna get a hold of you, what would be the best way?
1: I mean, they can email me at stevebodansky at gmail.com and they can go to my website at at orgasmmatters.com and that's where the blog is. I have two names. It's extendedmassiveorgasm.com. And then I wrote another book called Orgasm Matters and got the domain name for that too. So that's a little less scary to some people. So Orgasm Matters is where the blog is at.
0: Awesome. And what about the book?
1: The book's on Amazon, amazon.com. I, I self-published it with CreateSpace.
0: Okay.
1: It's part of Amazon. And they do a pretty nice job. It came out pretty. I'm pretty happy the way the book came out.
0: Yeah, and I have a copy. It, it's wonderful, and it's very well written, and the and the cover and the design and everything is great.
1: Yeah, and and the print is fairly large, so an old person can read it pretty easily, you know, or a nearsighted person. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Awesome. So I make sure that I have that, those information, the website and the link to the book on Amazon on the show notes. And Dr. Steve, thank you so much for your time and sharing your experiences with us. Have a great day.
1: Thank you, Nazanin. You too. Bye.
0: Bye. I hope you enjoyed my interview, Dr. Steve Bodansky. I apologize for the quality of the voice. I thought that was there were some issues with microphone, and uh, but I think the episode offers so much great content. So that's why I decided to air it. You know, it was so powerful to hear from Dr. Bodansky about how much care and love he has for Vera. And it made me wonder about what do I want as far as my sexual health and continuous intimacy during later stages of life. My grandmother uh, struggled with Alzheimer's and she passed away. And I know last year of her life, it was just so painful for her, for my family. And I think it's fantastic that Steve uh, continues to support Vera to experience pleasure at Later stages of life. I would love to hear your thoughts about this, this conversation we had. You can contact me and let me know about your thoughts. I would love to hear your reaction to this episode. You can email me at Dr. Moali at sexologypodcast.com or you can use social media, my handles at Oasis2Care in all different social media, and drop me a line. Let me know what you think. I'll talk to you guys next week.